Okay, guys, welcome to another episode of the Blues Brothers podcast, a show that discusses all things football and particularly Chelsea FC with plenty of debates, questions and deliberations made by the fans for the fans. And I'm delighted tonight to be joined by the man behind the CFC Pice Twitter account. Pice, welcome to the podcast. Firstly, thanks for taking the time to join me, mate. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's cool, bro. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I like doing different like mini podcasts and discussing Chelsea, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm always glad to to be on discussing Chelsea, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Nah, good stuff, mate. I mean, before we get into it, I like to start the podcast off with a, with a simple question for the guests. Um, what, why, why Chelsea for you, Pice? What was the what's the story behind that, and how you got into following the club? Yeah, well, it was actually quite funny because I, I didn't really originally like football when I was much younger. Obviously, I'm I'm not really old now. I'm 20, but you know, when I was younger, I wasn't um really keen into football but my family my dad and my brother have always supported Chelsea and they kind of got me into it so um yeah I think the first game I watched was an FA Cup final between Chelsea and Arsenal I want to say I think it was it may have been I think it was 2008 but I remember my first game was 2009 um at home and and yeah I, I go to the games regularly um most of the time anyway um yeah I just I'm probably overly passionate about Chelsea now I probably <laughs> care too much I mean when we um, drew to, who was it? Who did we draw Burnley. to? Burnley, yeah. We drew to Burnley. I was annoyed about that. But then the West Ham game, man, <laughs> I I took a good, you know, like good two, three days to solidly kind of get over that and move on. I think it was just because we hadn't lost in such a long time. Yeah. So I kind of, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, family basically is the short answer. <laughs> Yeah, no, fair. Mate. I was just saying with the West Ham game, it just it just ruins the weekend and the fact you know the fact we gifted them two goals and and gave them the win made made, made it even worse. But I mean, mate, moving on to kind of a situation that's been rumbling on for a while now. Oh, we, we it's been known for months now that Rudiger has not signed signed his contract extension. He obviously wants parity. I seen you tweeted something out uh, just beforehand that uh, the offer on the table. He's still not getting paid more than the likes of Ruben Loftus Cheek. Um, Werner, Lukaku, etc. Um, I just wanted to bring something up on Twitter now. I'm just going to share it on the screen. So for those of you watching on YouTube, you'll obviously see this. For those of you listening, you won't. Um, does it surprise you, Pice, to see that obviously Rudiger's brother has said that they've got some sort of agreement in place with, with Real Madrid? And he obviously had a meeting with Bayern Munich last week as well. I mean, it's pretty clear that, that Rudiger is obviously going um, how do you feel about that? And how do you feel about the fact that so-called lesser players, we're putting it nicely at the club, are being paid a lot more than he has to, and they're playing a much lesser role? Yeah, to be fair with the Rudiger situation, I kind of made peace of it a long time ago, probably like a month or two ago, because this has been going on a lot longer than people think. I mean, even a couple of months ago, something about, you know, Simon Johnson saying the club aren't any closer, you know, it's not looking good. And now... Some people are kind of shocked, but I'm not. I've kind of made peace with it. Um, and to be fair, like, it's a difficult one for me because when you're a fan, you just want everyone to stay. And, you know, he gives a lot of dedication to Chelsea. But um, I, I can kind of see the point, you know, when you're performing at such a high level for, for like, Chelsea throughout like, the past six months to a year since Tuchel's come in. Of course, when contract talks come around, you're going to want more than, than players such as um, Kepper, I think, was in the reports. Loftus-Cheek, um, you know, even the likes of Alonso was, was the main one for me. You know, he's a bit part player and yet Chelsea are going to offer him less than someone who's a bit part player. It just doesn't really seem right to me. So I can understand his point of view, but at the same time, from a selfish point of view, from a fan, I, I would like him to stay if he loves the club that much. 
Um, but I mean, when you sit back and think about it logically, this is his last contract, his last big deal. So, yeah, I, I can kind of see the the sense behind him leaving. Um, I mean, if you're Rudiger and you get offered like three, four hundred k at Real Madrid, and you're only being offered one forty, I think it is the Athletic said here, then what are you going to really do realistically? As much as you like Chelsea, you know, it's it's, it's business at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, I'm not surprised to be honest, Charlie. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, mate. I think this, as you said, price has been coming. It has been coming for a while. Um, and we've also got to remember, there is the trade of thought, but actually, Rudiger's been at Chelsea for, what, three or four years now? I mean, I think he came under Antonio Conte. And re- really, we're only seeing this level of performance for like the past six months. Um, and I think this back three system is obviously massively helping him out. But if we offered him a big contract, which he kind of does deserve, I mean, we know that Chelsea's a revolving door for managers. Tuchel's doing fantastic work at the moment. But, you know, in a year's time, he could easily not be here. That's just the way the club is run at the moment. And a new manager might come in, might switch to a back four. And Rudiger, perhaps in my opinion, doesn't really suit that system as well as a back three. So you could have Antonio Rudiger sitting on a massive contract, not reaching this same level because the system changes. So do you think it's just kind of finding that that balance? And ultimately, the club are probably thinking that, We've got the likes of Chalaber, Colwell on loan at Huddersfield, etc. Uh, obviously, strongly linked with Jules Kunde. They're still still interested. That probably not January, but possibly next summer, and other options about that. It's kind of it's it's okay to let let Rudiger go. Would you would you think that's what they're kind of thinking? Potentially. Um, what I will find very interesting though is if if we sign like a Jules Kunde and we offer him like. Even more than we've offered Rudiger, then I think that's a bit unacceptable, personally, because yeah. I think Tuchel, well, not I don't even have to say I think, Tuchel wants Rudiger to stay. He's one of the main cogs in this back three. Um, and as long as we stick to the back three, then 100% he's worth the money um, that he wants, which is £200,000. So, um, yeah, he's, he's been an absolute key player. He starts almost every single game, even when the side gets rotated, he usually starts. So... Um, I don't think Tuchel will be happy that he, he will leave, um, which is what it seems like. But uh, at the same time, it's up to Chelsea and the recruitment department to to bring in someone that Tuchel's going to be happy with and that will perform to a similar level than Rudiger has been doing. Because, you know, if it's anyone that performs to, uh, you know, a, a lesser level than Rudiger has over the past six months to a year, um, then, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely going to be those conversations, you know, what, what did the board actually not offering more money for, you know, realistically. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I know, like, 200K is a lot of money, but in footballing terms and the wage structure at Chelsea, that's not a lot of money to be shelling out on a on a, on a a top, top performer for the club. So, as like, when you see the likes of Werner on almost 300K, I mean, oh, look, we love Ruben Loftus-Cheek, but for Rudiger to be on less money than him with a new contract offer given his form is, is quite frankly disrespectful. But I think ultimately it is going to end in, in, in a parting of ways. And I expect some some sort of pre-contract agreement may may well be announced in January. But we've got we've got the infrastructure and we've got the money and we've got the talent coming through the academy that, you know, this loss, big as it is, it's not I don't think it's going to set the club back back too much as it were. But moving on to Another uh, defender who still hasn't signed this deal and is at a, obviously a much younger age and someone that out of the two, you would obviously choose to keep Andreas Christensen over Rudiger, preferably, in, in my opinion, just with the age factor and the longevity factor. Uh, but wait, what do you make of the news that, um, I'm just going to bring it up now, that Fabrizio Romano's tweeted out, that obviously Christensen still hasn't 
signed the, the contract. Um, Chelsea feel quite relaxed about it. Um, just brought it up now. He's been approached again by Barcelona for a free agent uh, in, in June 22. And AC Milan are keen to replace him with Simon uh, Simon Kier's out, out for the season. Um, but both those clubs feel that he's going to extend with, with Chelsea in the, in the next weeks and days. I mean, this has been rumbling on for a while. I mean, why, why do you feel that this contract of Christensen hasn't been signed? Purely down to his agent, which is again another family member. I believe it's his dad. Um, I had a theory that, well, it's not really a theory, but I mean, Chelsea and Christensen were ready to sign. Christensen was ready to sign the contract for five years. And I think before he was about to sign, his dad stepped in and said, you know, look, do you realise how good you've been this year? Let's just wait a little bit young, longer, you know, see what happens. And I think that's why it's dragged on. I think he's getting ear, an earful from everyone. Um, I don't really feel like Christensen is the authoritative character himself. Um, so I think maybe his dad's controlling these things. That's why I don't really like families um, mm. as agents. I just don't think they're professional enough, especially with the way the goalposts have moved in terms of contract length for Christensen. Like, one minute was five, next minute was three, now it's apparently four, like, or three plus one. Like, like, what on earth is going on here? Like, seriously, it seems an absolute mess, but to me, I don't really take much notice of that, um, you know, tweet from Fabrizio. It's kind of generic. It's kind of, um, you know, Chelsea, you know, extend his contract next day, days slash weeks. I mean, well, yeah, well done. That's what, that's what we've been expecting, for, you know, for the last yeah. days slash weeks already those slash weeks is kind of a guess. That's kind of, I mean, if we expect them to sign it, like, I don't, I just don't understand. Why has it not been done today? If it's, if it's all, you know, well, yeah, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Something's going on. It just doesn't feel right. Well, to me. well I mean, um, this, this is it, mate. Like for me, I mean, as I said, like these reports that Christensen's deal was done and dusted five years agreed. He just needs to sign. He just needs to sign for months. So, I mean, a hold up of whether it's what three, four, or five years that can't be that difficult to sort out. It, 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 it I mean, it must be, it must be something different. I know, I know a five year deal was agreed, but then he was thinking, you know, actually, don't want to be here for the next five, maybe sign for three, and I could sign again for another two years afterwards, but maybe assess my options there. I, I get that, that trail of thinking as a player. I think Christensen, what is, is he's maybe 24, 25, could be a bit, little bit younger. If you sign for three years, takes you to 28 in your prime, you might fancy a big move if you're still in form. And if you're under contract for five years, can be a little bit more difficult to leave, etc. But this shouldn't be taking this long to sort out. And I just hope the club, you know, can can get it done and we don't end up losing Christensen and Rudiger because I don't think that could be a, a bigger problem. But Pais, just to round out on, on the defence before we move on, mate, um, Aspinacueta, another defender out of contract, Um the captain, he's won everything at the club. He's been an absolute stalwart. I mean, what's a guy? Um, he's not signed the contract. This is one that you'd think would have been done. It would have been easy to do. A lot of reports linking in with Barcelona. Um, can you see him leaving at the end of the season on a free and, and going back to Spain to play for Barcelona where he'll get offered a, a longer contract and he'll probably play a lot more football as well? Personally, not next summer. I think maybe the summer after. Um, potentially, but I think next summer or next season he will stay for one more year. I think he'll sign a one-year extension. Um, I've always thought this, and I mean, I really trust the Athletic a lot. They've said, you know, it's no rush. Um, they they expect things to be done. It's kind of with Aspi and the board. It seems to be they've got such a strong relationship that that can really be one that is left to the last minute. Aspi's happy to stay. So 
yeah, maybe an option to Spain is interesting, but from what I've been seeing, I, I don't really take much notice in those reports. There's not been really a reliable journalist yet or a source that's come out and said things are developing. It's kind of more um, newspapers and, and just the general rubbish you usually get um, because you got to think, like, if you're... If the aim of the game is to get clicks, basically, um, and, and, and um, viewers and... and um, attraction to your to your newspaper or your website, whatever you're broadcasting that information on. So they've probably likely taken, for example, a report from someone really reliable like the Athletic, found the rumour that Spain's not really, it's kind of an option, but it's maybe it's consideration a little bit. And they've kind of run with it. Oh yeah, Barca are really interested in it. And then all, all of a sudden, um, Chelsea fans can overreact. But for me personally, I think he stays. I think that's one that's, um, I, I would be very, very shocked if he's not here next season. I just can't see a way that he isn't. Because as well, we'd have to probably sign someone else. And I mean, like I just, I, just, I don't know. Maybe until like Livermento comes back, maybe in a in a couple of years or or something like that. I don't think us people will leave because I I do expect us to re-sign Livermento at some point. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's important we don't let too many of these defenders go because, as you say, we're going to have to end up spending a lot of money to, to, to replace them. So, I mean, ideally, I think for Aspie, yeah, like you wouldn't blame him if he left, but we should be doing everything we can to keep him. He could still do a solid job. And that experience in and around the dressing room, he's been there and done it all, won everything, is so important for players coming into the club and the youngsters that are coming up through the ranks. So we really need to be keeping him. But, I mean, I expect Christensen and Aspie to stay I think we, we, we know Rudiger's gone now. I think we accept that. We just make peace with the fact he's going to be moving on. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think we can afford to be losing either of the other two because then I think you're starting to have a, a, a few problems at the back. But I mean, that kind of, I mean, that's, that's kind of enough on the defence. Um, moving on to the other end of the pitch, Pice. Obviously, we spent big money in the summer on Romelu Lukaku, close to £100 million. Um, were you pleased to see the club bring him back? Do you think that's the sort of, did, did that excite you in the summer? Absolutely, I was gassed. I was absolutely gassed. One of the most excited I've been for a transfer in a long time. Because, you know, coming off the back of last season, the thing is we needed a finisher in front of goal. And at the moment, the style of play isn't really working with him. There's a few things that I think need to be changed. But um, we've all got our own ideas. Um, but, but yeah, overall, I'm, I'm gassed. I think he's got quite quite a lot of time in him left. Um, and I think he, I saw a good tweet the other day saying, you know, Lukaku scored goals club if he doesn't score here then it can't be his problem surely like he is the most proven goal scorer you could have got on the market like even with Haaland he's only been around a couple of years Lukaku is one of these guys that has actually scored 100 plus Premier League goals yeah. and gone to a different league and proved himself in, in different systems Belgium I've, you know he's like one of their top scorers in the history like he, he's a ridiculous player we just need to get the best out of him and I'm sure that will come with time and it's one of the reasons why I've been defending him really because I've been a fan of Lukaku for years, man. Like I, I know what he can do. So for me to tell, me, so for people to turn around and tell me he's rubbish or he don't suit us, like that's just nonsense, man. Like he, he's new to the team, and I know people are impatient because they want instant impact. So do I. But you got to remember, he's had injuries. We're still adapting to, him to the system. Um, you know, he does need to do more things, like you know, move around more. Kind of do. I, I was making a reference earlier on on a stream that I was on that. You remember when we had Higuain and Jorginho would make those over-the-top balls because yeah. even though Higuain was slow, his movement was very good. He was constantly, you know, changing direction, darting out in through defences. Lukaku at the moment is very, very static. Juventus away was a great example on Benucci and Chiellini all game. 
very, very central. I'm not sure if that's instructions, but you see when we have Kai playing the movement, even, you know, it doesn't have to be crazy movement, but, you know, come for the ball out on the left-hand side, move to the right, move back to the middle, you know. It, it's why we're so unpredictable with Kai up top, because you don't know who's where a lot of the time. Um, and, and at the moment, we just seem to be very predictable with him. But overall, I was very excited yeah, that we, we brought him back. Yeah, no, I, I was as well. Look, don't get me wrong, Harlem would have been fantastic and we would have been absolutely loving it. But there's no... we. I, I personally feel that we would probably be having this conversation now if we had Harland. Probably quite a similar conversation. There's no, there's no doubt that... I mean, he's not the same player as Lukaku, but I think he'd have the same problems with, with, with this system. And Lukaku, I mean, I hate seeing Lukaku getting stick on, on, on socials and stuff, you know. At West Ham, it was clear he wasn't fit. You could tell. Tuchel come out afterwards saying he wasn't fit to play 45 minutes. Yes, he was poor, but he wasn't fit. Yes, he needs to do a bit more, but I think we just need to like relax a little bit. Yes, we spent a lot of money on him. The guy's been injured for about six or seven weeks. He's hardly... That's missing training time on the pitch, getting integrated with the players, you know, working on team shape, working on movement, etc. That he's, that he's completely missed. So he's missed a large chunk of the season. And... You know, yes, he's got to do more when he's on the pitch, you know, perhaps a bit more movement, etc. But, you know, there's certain players that you sign and they're worth changing your system for to, to fit him in. You know, the likes of, you know, your Ronaldo's, etc. Um, obviously, your Haaland's, your, you know, your Messi's and, 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 and whatnot. Those are the kind of players that if you sign them, you, you change the system to, to make it work. You know, we spent this money on, on, on Lukaku. So he's going to play every week. So we need to, there's no point, you know, not playing to his strength. I mean, Pius, what do you feel that we need to do as a collective to, to get the best out of Lukaku? Because obviously at the moment, I don't feel we're putting enough balls into the box. We're not, we're not, uh, people say that he doesn't run. He does run. You know, he runs channels for Belgium. He's run channels for Inter. I know the system's a little bit different at Chelsea, but what do you feel that A, we need to do to get more out of him? And B, what does he need to do as well? Um, the one thing I suggested recently was more like a three-four-one-two formation, where he has someone else to link up with. Not necessarily Werner, like we saw against Cities. I don't think that worked, but uh, I'd like to see him and Havertz with maybe like Mount just in behind them. That way, you know, Lukaku can drift off more to the right-hand side, sort of right striker, cutting on his left foot. Because that's what he does really well for Belgium. Um, so, yeah, we, basically, the goal we need to get with Lukaku over the next few weeks is to get him one-on-one with defenders and facing up against people, not with his back, because it's just no use doing that, in my opinion. Um, he can't do the hold-up play, but if we're going to get goals from him, other than just cutbacks into the box, which you haven't even had for Lukaku yet, but if we're going to be more unpredictable, I think we need to play a variation of two up top or, or something similar to that. Um I mean, will we do that? I don't think so. Probably, I think he's probably going to say a lone striker, but, uh, you know, it, it's going to be all about chemistry, trying to find players that, that fit with him. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just want to see what Tuchel does, to be honest, because it can't stay the same thing. Um, you know, I'm not a manager, so um, I want to see what he does tactically to, to change things. Yeah, I mean, so, so, something's got to change. At the moment, it's not working. I think it's fair to say that Yes, as you mentioned earlier, you know, you expect instant success when you spend that much money on a proven player. But don't get me wrong, he spent two years in Italy, banged the goals in there. But it's completely different to the Premier League. I know he's played here before, scored over 100 Premier League goals, but there's there's a readjustment period. And the fact, as I mentioned, he's been injured as well. He's missed out on time integrating with the team. Um, He he will get it right. And this this will be a successful signing, in my opinion. But 
Pisces, is there any part of you that worries that, you know, we've signed a lot of centre-forwards over the years and realistically, you know, only Drogba and Costa have been successful. We've spent money on Morata, you know, uh, Shevchenko, Torres, all top players in, 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 on their day and in their time. And, you know, none of those worked out. I'm not, it's obviously very early. I'm not saying Lukaku's not going to work out. I think it will. But is there a trail of thought, you know, in your mind at the back somewhere that maybe Lukaku might not work out? Of course, I had the same with Haaland. I would have had the same even with Harry Kane. I would have had the same with anyone. As soon as someone gets that number nine shirt for Chelsea, I always think of the worst. But that's just me personally. But I think what I would say about Lukaku is he's the type of profile that's never really failed at Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, even even look at Giroud. He didn't fail at Chelsea. He did very well. You look at Costa, as you mentioned, Drogba. These are all the, the profiles that succeed at Chelsea. So I think that's why we went for that big, big, you know, big in frame, big in size striker in the summer. Whereas um, before we've had like flair players like a Torres, like a Morata, even though they're quite tall, they're... they're they're not built the same. They're not beasts, you know, like like um, Drogba, Lukaku, like Costa, like others we've had, so like a Giroud. So, yeah, that, there's definitely that thought in the back of my head. But again, I come back to my point. If Lukaku doesn't fail here, I, th- I generally think it's because of the manager or because of system slash players because there's no way a, a proven goal scorer like Lukaku should, should not be, you know, delivering us trophies. So, um yeah, I, I don't personally think it will come down to him because he's given... Uh, I mean, even at Manchester United, when he was out of shape, he still scored, I think, 12... Pre- yeah. like he, scored, he scored 12 Premier League goals one season, which was, you know, as average, but he scored 16 the next. But I think in that season, he scored like 25 in all comps. Like, Lukaku can bang goals even when he's not... Like, he doesn't necessarily have to play well. That's the thing. And that's what people agreed on in the summer is we just needed someone in the box. But yeah. at the same time... We had we had Giroud and Tammy for that to score the tap-ins. Like mm. with Lukaku, there's like an extra dimension, an extra thing we can get out of him. You know, with, there's so many different ways we can use him. We can play a counter attack with him. We can play um, two up top. We can play you know four at the backs. You know, there's so many. We can play him off the right as well um, because that's kind of where he, he actually played for Inter Milan. Was he drifted in off the right and linked up with the striker and then you know took shots and, and gained those central areas. But he was actually, if you look at his heat maps for into, it was more off the right than centrally. Whereas at the moment he's just bang in the centre, and it's kind of, it's kind of just there, right? It's not like his, um, yeah, the, the impact's not there. Mate, I, used to, I know it's early days in his, in his Chelsea career still, but every time I've seen him play, are you surprised at how few chances we actually create for him in a game? Given the fact we've got all these creative players, the likes of your Mason Mounts, your Hudson Odoi's, your Pulisic's, your Havertz. Etc. Your Hakim Ziyech. Are you surprised? You know, and I'm certainly surprised that we don't seem to create a lot of opportunities for him. Absolutely, there was even one against West Ham United. I think, um, pretty sure it was Hudson Odoi. Lukaku came on, and um, like two or three minutes later, Hudson Odoi had the ball at the edge of the box, and it was it was like a simple cutback. Lukaku drew away from the defender and kind of made some space. And Hudson Odoi saw him. He tried to pass him, but he passed straight to the defender. And I'm just like, little things like that, if I could go back and get a clip, I'm like, if, if Lukaku gets that with the space he had, he's going to score that. He's like mm. inside the box. But then I say that to people and it's, oh, if, buts and maybes. Well, yeah, you have to do if, buts and maybes because you have to look at the game in context and actually analyse things rather than just say crap. Like, like even, even when we aren't creating the chances, we have had occasions where, you know, we could create the chance for him. Like, 
we don't even necessarily have to do much. Look at Zenit, who we're playing tomorrow. We literally just did a cross in the box. He scored a header. Yeah. Like it's it's not hard. We, we we're just making everything so hard for ourselves. And one thing I mentioned earlier on on a stream was um I, I just feel like we play so slow as yeah. well lately. Like even with Havertz, I just feel like we play slow. We build up too slow. That's why I love Kovacic because he's playing those punchy passes, quick progressive passes into him. Um and yeah, things just really slow at the moment. I I kind of think it's because Alonso's come back in the side as well. Um, mainly because we do attack down the left a lot, and I just think it's it's messed everything up having Chilwell out personally. Yeah, no, it, it's made a big difference, especially with that with the system we play as well. Um, having sacrificing an attacking player for an extra defender, you know, the wing backs become so important. Obviously, Reese James did a great job down the right hand side, and Chile was obviously doing a fantastic job. I mean, Alonso has has played well in his Chelsea career. He's not the same as Chilwell, but you notice so much when. Alonso's playing that we we miss out on so much, you know, intensity going forward, etc. But I mean, on, on a separate note, Pice, do you feel that we actually lack creativity as a side in general? Um, because obviously we touched on the fact we don't create a lot of chances for Lukaku currently. Um, do you feel in general we, we lack creativity? I know it sounds a ridiculous thing to be asking given the array of attacking players we've got, but I just feel in certain games and definitely recently, we've lacked a lot of creativity. Yeah, it's actually very true that we've been saying for a couple of, or maybe one or a couple of summers now. I mean, Zich does it here and there, but he doesn't start all the time. He kind of does it in bits and pieces. I think, well, our best attacker for me is Hudson-Odoi. I think that's proven by the graphs. Um, he has some of the best attacking um, creative stats per 90 in the Premier League this season. I think he's in the top five behind uh, Adama, Grealish uh, and a couple of others. So he's right up there when he plays with the minutes he's getting. Um, and, and he constantly creates stuff, um, you know, every single game. But yeah, I mean, in general, Fern is not a creator. Mount, yeah, so-so. He does create quite a bit. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not it's not to like a De Bruyne or a Grealish level. Like, we've not got that one. It's not like a Hazard. You know, Hazard created ridiculous amounts of chances every single game. We're just too inconsistent. That, that's the problem um, up front. Even, even Pulisic. Great player on his day, I you know. Even when he's since he's come back, don't think he's played very he's well been, at all. He's been poor. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I like Pulisic, a, a big fan of his, and you know he did well when he came on against Leicester, and it's great that he's back fit again. But I thought he was poor against Juventus when he was false nine. He was not good against Watford when he started, and he was not good against West Ham when he came on either. I mean, you know, the guys need to start offering more. This is your opportunity to get back in the lineup. I know it's hard to do something in, say, 15, 20 minutes, but if that's the opportunity, the window you've got to impress Tuchel and, and get back in the lineup, then then you need to take it. And it's not just him. There's a lot of players that aren't offering enough at the moment. They're not bringing enough to the table. Um, I mean, do, do you feel that attacking-wise, we're still not quite there as a unit? Do you feel there's still a lot of work to do? I mean, it's easy to forget that we are still just under a year into this Tuchel project and, you know, if we're still getting used to it and, and development will come and improvement will come. But do you feel like attacking-wise, I know defensively massive improvements from, from Lampard, but attacking end of the pitch, I don't know there's, I mean, you may disagree with this, but I'm not sure if there's that much improvement than when Frank was here. Um, yeah, I, I, I could say that, I guess. I think, I don't know, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, to be fair, under Lampard, we scored quite a few oh, goals, yeah. but but still, I, I I still prefer watching us under Tuchel, I can't yeah, lie. Definitely. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to actually look at the stats. Maybe that's something I'll do um, over the course of the next week or so. Sort of compare compare the stats and goals and chances created and stuff between the two managers. But yeah, I mean, the signings Lampard brought in, like Zick, like, um, you know, Werner. I mean, those two for me are, are two of the ones that are going to leave next summer for sure. I think even Zick said in an interview the other day he wants to go back to Ajax. So I'm like, All yeah, right, he's then. keen to go back. Yeah. <laughs> right, see you later, mate. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, see you later, Zek. Um and, and I think Werner, I mean, let's not lie here. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm 90% it's certain he's going back to Germany. Uh, he's I, going I, back to Germany. Yeah, I, mean, I don't like to criticise players. And look, Timo is popular with the Chelsea fans and we, and we want it to work out. But, you know, since Tuchel's come in, you've seen improvement in a lot of players, noticeable improvement. Yes. Look, and for me, Werner hasn't improved at all under, under Tuchel. And he doesn't look like he's going to get any better. This just looks like this is what we're going to get from Werner. He doesn't look like improving at all. That, for me, is the biggest problem. And he won't go in January. But, you know, with a club like Chelsea, ruthless with managers, it's ruthless with players as well. Werner's come in to score goals. He hasn't delivered. Simple as that, really. Not only that, it's like I was on a space the other day and I think um, Monster CFC brought it up. Um, If you know who that is, he said... um, he said, how can you have Nagelsmann, Flick and Tuchel as your like last three managers slash two managers at the moment and not improve one bit technically? Like that's just worrying. Like <laughs> is this, there's no improvement technically. Like he's just and there's not enough space in the Premier League. He'll absolutely thrive in the Bundesliga or another yeah. league. But here, no, he's you know, if you don't have if you don't have the space in the Premier League your technical ability at times can get you out of trouble. Even when Ziyech has had lack of space, he's got that left foot to to rely on. You know, like when Pulisic runs out of space, dribbles out of it, you know. Werner hasn't got that. He hasn't got dribbling. He hasn't got that ability, that, that tight touches. Like, every now and again, sure. But every now and again isn't good enough. We're Chelsea. He's, he's, yeah. he's, you know, one of our main signings last summer. We paid 50 million for him. And the fact that we thought that was a steal at the time and now... You know, we're probably lucky to get forty mil for him. I think is is kind of testament to how bad his his Chelsea career's gone. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm of the opinion, mate. I honestly think that similar to Morata, I feel that Werner is a good striker. He's just not a Premier League striker. I think he's just yeah. someone that will be will be good in Bundesliga if he goes back. He'd be good in Serie A or La Liga. Different style of football, a lot more space, a bit like Morata. Just, I just don't think Werner's a Premier League striker, and the fact that. Realistically, he's only effective against teams that play a high line. If you play Werner against a low block, like we've seen against Man United, he's useless. We, we don't get anything. So, as well, yeah. but I think I think one of the problems is as well. Even though his finishing wasn't even that great in Leipzig, like he missed quite a lot of chances. He he would have to kind of have five shots. He'd probably score two or three. You know, he wasn't a, a, a take every shot and score striker. He wasn't absolutely clinical. But some of the goals I was watching the other day from Leipzig, like coming off the left-hand side, I remember that Fulham one under Lampard. I was yeah. like, he's not going to score this. But at Leipzig, he would have buried that. Like, it's yeah. just, like, I don't know what's wrong with him. Like Some of his shots nowadays, well, not even some, most of them, they're either P-rollers or they go wider over the bar. Like it's just, I don't, I don't know what, what's happened to his finishing because it used to be so much better. Yeah, it's uh, everything that could go wrong has, has basically gone wrong. I mean, I'd love it to work out, but ultimately, I think I can't see any improvement in in the next six in the next six months. And I think ultimately, Chelsea, if we can bring in 
I mean, look, I'm not saying Chiesa is going to come, but if we could bring in someone like Chiesa, we've also been linked with uh, that Porto winger that I can't remember his name. Uh, it's, it's left me. Also, Anthony as well. And Anthony, if we can, you know, if we can get rid of Werner and bring in a Luis Diaz or an Anthony, um, um, I'm, I'm taking it all day long. Or even if we could potentially, I mean, this might sound ridiculous, if we could, I know Haaland, people think that's not going to happen. I still think there's a possibility that we could get Haaland. I know it might be small, but if we could use Werner as, and money to get Haaland, I think Dortmund would, might, might potentially take that. I mean, that might sound ridiculous, but... Um, well, that would be quite something. If we had him and Lukaku, that would be... Uh, yeah, I mean, people think yeah. that, you know, Haaland won't come to Chelsea because we've got Lukaku. Holland, realistically for me, and this is a little bit of a tangent, is going to go. Is not going to. There's not that many clubs that, that he can go to in England, Manchester City, or Chelsea for basically winning trophies. Those are the only two really at the moment. Man United are in the mud still. They 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 might win an FA Cup or something, but Holland wants instant success. Those are your two teams in England. Barcelona can't afford him. Real Madrid can, but would he go there with Mbappe as well? Not sure. And he's not going to go to PSG. So, you know, we, 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 we do have a good opportunity. But yeah, I mean, yeah, for me, Werner back back to the Bundesliga in, in, in the summer is probably what's looking likely to happen. Um, just literally just come full circle on Lukaku Pice. Do you think the 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 uh, op- option to, to get him firing is just to keep playing him, basically? Yeah, absolutely. I say this. I think we just need to keep keep with him. Um, make sure that his fitness is all right as well, because I think Tuchel said against West Ham he shouldn't have brought him on. So I'll be interested to see what happens tomorrow night. Because if he starts him, you know, like two or three days later after he said he's not fit to even come on for 45 minutes, that's a bit bit odd, odd. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit odd. (laughs) It kind of makes him look, makes himself look a bit silly. (laughs) But to be fair, I rate Tuchel's honesty. I mean, he he blames it all on himself at the moment. Um, Whether that not will last, I hope so. Because what we know about Chelsea is as soon as the manager blames someone else, that's it. It goes up in smoke. So Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah it, I think yeah, doesn't just... tend to end so well. I mean no. but yeah, I mean I think Lukaku's too good a player not to work out. And I think Chelsea, with the players they've got, the manager they've got, there's too much quality to not get the best out of him. And it might take a little bit more time, but I think ultimately we will see the best of Lukaku and he will start scoring the goals. And when he does, we're gonna be we're gonna be a force to be reckoned with. But Pius, just moving on to the, obviously, we're in the midst now of the, the dreaded Christmas period for Chelsea. It either goes well or it doesn't go well. I mean, this was ultimately the undoing of Frank Lampard last season. Went on a horrid run. Obviously, we've kicked off December with a with obviously a loss to West Ham. Not great. I'm just going to bring the fixtures up now. The games are coming thick and fast. Um, we've got Zenit tomorrow night. Then we've got Leeds on Saturday. Everton on Thursday. And then we've got a couple of tough games, you know. Wolves and Villa are both away from home. Not easy games. Sandwiched with Brentford in the Cup. You know, Brighton. And then we obviously got Liverpool and City to, to start the new year. I mean, Pice, obviously this is not going to win us the league. But if we don't do well in this run of fixtures, we could certainly put ourselves out of contention. 100%. Um, this is the stage of the season where I worry about the most, honestly. I think generally this just uh, not decides the season, but I think, I mean, it could do, to be honest. Like, yeah, it, if we go on a dread, horrible run, it could do. It could decide whether or not we're in the race. I mean, I think I look at that fixture list, I think winnable games, but then I think we're Chelsea, you know, we've got loads of injuries. Um, I know what we like. We could easily draw at Wolves or lose, um, you know. Everton and Leeds, I expect us to win because we're at home, but. Yeah. Uh, the one that jumps out of me, and I've been saying this all along, I don't like that Aston Villa fixture away. I think that's, that's going to be a, 
Oh, I think that's going to be a really tough game. Um, yeah, I just I, I don't like that half five kickoff. <laughs> um, Gerard's been doing really well. Yeah, that one stinks of a draw or a loss for me. I mean, we haven't, we haven't done well at Villa Park. I mean, we lost there on, nah, the, on yeah, the last day of the season last season. I know ultimately it didn't matter for the top it's four. Like a, it's like another St. James's Park for me. I just don't like playing there. I never, I'm never confident. Same <laughs> with Goodison. Don't like it. Yeah, no, it, it's tough. I mean, Pice, look, looking at that, and we've touched on the injuries. I mean, I know some Chalabers is much better than first fifth and he should be back to play a part, which is great news. But how much of a concern is it that we seem to be picking up a lot of injuries just at the point when the fixtures are coming thick and fast and we're not going to be able to rotate as much as we perhaps would have liked to have done? Yeah, it's just our luck as well, isn't it? Like, I, I can't, you know, speculate. I can only speculate whether it's, you know, training ground, um, you know, scheduled or, or maybe the intensity, but... I don't know. Um, it's definitely bad because we're getting them a lot in midfield as well, where um, we're probably our strongest. You know, we've got Jorginho, Kante, Kovacic. I mean, those are three world-class players for me. So, yeah, and all three have got problems at the moment. So, that that's really not a good sign. I mean, we're very light in midfield here as well. It's not long before Loftus-Sheik's going to pick up an injury because... Yeah. He's been he's been overplayed, you know, overloaded as Tuchel likes to say with that phrase. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can only hope for the best. And I mean, Chalaba coming back is nice. Havertz back in training is nice, but you know, Kovacic got got the Rona now as well. It's yeah. like it's just such bad luck. And it's at I the mean, point in the season where it seems to always um, derail us. But I mean, if Tuchel can get out of this and still be, you know. Even if we're not top by sort of after Christmas, we've got Liverpool and City. Those are the games. We win one of those games and draw the other. I think we can win the league personally. Yeah, no, 100%. I've always looked ahead to that Liverpool game um, on the 2nd of January as as like the key game. If we get through this Christmas period, I know we're two points off the top now. If we're top or we're within five points off the top with those two games to come, I feel we're banging with a chance. But, you know, if we, if for whatever reason, we go on a bit of a poor run and we're perhaps over five points behind, I think I think we could be potentially in trouble there. But this this period's so key. And uh, over the years with Chelsea, if this, if this period goes well, we tend to end the season well and nine times out of 10, we win the league. Ultimately, if it doesn't go well, we don't win the league and sometimes the manager ends up getting sacked. I'm not saying Tuchel's going to be sacked, of course, but... You know, like a poor run at Christmas. We've seen it last season with Lampard. I mean, I don't think Roman would hesitate at all to pull the trigger on Tuchel if we went on a run of five losses in eight games. So it's fine margins. But as you say, the squad rotation is going to be so important. And City and Liverpool will drop points over this Christmas period as well. But, you know, we've got some tough games. And, you know... This is such a crucial part of the season. Do you feel, Pice, that if we get through this, then then the league is 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 definitely on? Hundred percent. Because I think, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure if you can scroll down sort of our fixtures after Man City yeah. and Liverpool, but I mean, we've played we've played a lot yeah, of the big teams already, man. We go Club World Cup as well. A bit further yeah, down. I, I was going to say that could be kind of a a bit of a distraction from the Premier League, and I hope not many players get injured there, but. I think just generally we've played a lot of the top sides already. I mean, like you look at that run there where we've got Newcastle, Norwich, Brentford at home, Southampton. That's four wins there for me straight away. Um, yeah. We haven't got we any tough away trips. I mean, realistically, um, Leeds, I suppose... Leeds is kind of... 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, apart from going to Manchester City, we've, until we get to the penultimate day of the season, the only other tough away trip to a big side is 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 is, is Old Trafford. So we get to January, exactly. we get to start yeah. of January, and all the only t- big ground we've got left to visit, obviously in inverted commas, is Old Trafford. I mean, that, that's that's a great, that's not a bad position to be in. It's a fantastic position to be in, but at the same time, like. I don't know. I, because of our creative issues and because of just what I've seen with Chelsea in the past, mm. i.e. Burnley recently as an example, yeah. we can still dominate these teams and end up drawing because of you know yeah. something that happens late on. Whereas I feel with Man City and Liverpool, it's just in 30 minutes, it's 2-0 and it's over You know because yeah. of their attackers. It's like, man, I, I, I watched City the other day against Watford. That was What they did to them was absolutely disgusting. Yeah. And when I saw when I they they literally I was I haven't watched it in a while but I watched them and I was like oh my god these these guys are actually insane like they were like three new up or something in like seventy minutes they brought Mares and De Bruyne on like yeah it's it's, it's, it's criminal it's a it's a joke it's, isn't it's it next level like if we win the league against these lot and and Klopp's Liverpool it's, yeah I mean two, I think I, that, that, that that's the that's that's the difference for me uh, between between the three sides I think as a as a unit. I think we're the best unit in terms of defensively yeah. and as a as a team. That, that's why I like a scoring cup games, bro. Yeah, I said this but, all along. But in but for Man City and Liverpool, you look at the Burnley and the United games. You can see why City and Liverpool battered United because they're so clinical. They just rip through them. So good. Yeah. We, we, we can't do that, or we don't do that often enough. Like you know, when those players turn up for City and Liverpool, they're just going to blow teams away. Yes, they'll drop this. They'll lose games. All teams will, but. When was the last time we kind of? I know obviously Juventus was was, was recently, but in in the league and stuff, apart from beating Norwich seven nil, when was the last time we kind of turned up and just ripped a team apart? You, you don't uh, really see that. I mean, I'm I happy remember. to I'm happy to win games one nil. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I remember the last, probably not the last time, but the one that comes to my mind was when we beat Palace. I think it was four nil or something. Pulisic scored that that close yeah. range goal, and that was a really good game. I just remember us like turning up. Thought it was going to be a hard game. It was in one of the lockdowns, and um, yeah, we, we just actually destroyed them. I was like, if only we could do this every week, but yeah, yeah. We, with I mean, our attack is just it's it's not City and Liverpool, <laughs> you know, nice. we're, we're very good at grinding out results, but you know, we seem to tend to score one or two goals a game, sometimes three, but yeah, I mean, we're we're we're, we're miles away from the attack that those two have for sure. Hundred percent. I mean, mate. Just to round off very briefly, um, January transfer window coming up. Uh, Tuchel, I think, I think reports are saying that he doesn't want to get rid of Werner or Zayac in in, in January. Um, wants to keep the squad depth. I think, I think that's a sensible decision. Um, do you do you think any players are going to leave in January, Pies? No, I don't think so. Maybe Saar on loan. Yeah, because I think there was some talks about AC Milan, but I think all the main players will stay unless. Some opportunity comes up um, where maybe you can replace a Ziyech or a Werner, but I, I don't think so. Um, January's very, very hard window to, to get deals in, to be honest. It's it's one of those where um, prices are high, no one wants to let go of anyone, and it, it's it's generally not really a fun window for me personally. You know, it's not it's not one that I look forward to. Yeah, and, and in terms of incomings, do you expect any business to be done? Obviously, there's all that, all the talk about, are we going to get someone in at left wing back and be going to recall Matson, who I think would be a wrong decision. Um, we're going to get Emerson recalled or whatever. We're going to go and buy someone. Do you feel any incomings? 
Personally, no, I don't think we'll sign anyone. I think that's probably going to be our downfall. I definitely think, especially if we have, you know what, if we have a lot of injuries still, maybe we, we bring someone in. But I feel like, especially with the left wing back position, um, Chilwell is obviously going to be out for a while. If he needs surgery, we may recall Martson. But I think the Athletic did an article and said, like, Emerson won't be coming back because he's playing really well and, and they've got a 12 million buy option. So that's basically easy money for Chelsea. Yeah. Um, and you'd be letting go of that if you brought him back. Um, but I, I don't expect anyone to come in. I mean, there's talks of Kunde, but we would have to activate his release clause. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's 68 mil. We're not doing that stupid. No, but we ain't doing stupid. that. Yeah. No, no. You know, and, and until Rudiger or someone goes, we ain't making any big defensive moves. No, definitely not. I mean, mate, just before we wrap up, I just want to bring this up. Uh, obviously, a Spurs fan, I don't know if he's trolling us, but. Champions of Europe draw into Burnley and a Carrot United plus City will win the league. City could win the league, but at least our club isn't tweeting out photos of uh, their manager holding the FA Cup that they, they won with Chelsea to celebrate the third round draw. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get rid of that and, uh, yeah, we'll save the Spurs embarrassment there. Um, mate, hi, seems like a good place to finish. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, if people want to check your workout, your Twitter, your website, etc., um, that's kind of that's, that's the best place for, for them to head. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. I'm always tweeting out news and, and things like that. So, yeah, mainly yeah. for news, but also, like, you know, I, I do, like, comps and, and um, obviously general match day opinions and all that. Yeah, nice, spot on. I'll, um, I'll, I've linked that in the description below. So, guys, make sure you do do that. Um, and, yeah, all that's left to be said, guys, if you've tuned in live on YouTube, thank you very much for watching. Thanks for your comments. Thanks for the support. Make sure you do smash like on this video. Please subscribe to the channel. Closing in on 200 subscribers now. So, Make sure you help me get over that line before Christmas. Um, and this will be up on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere else um, in the next day or so. So make sure you check it out and, and leave a review. Um, yeah, and that brings full time on another episode of the Blues Brothers podcast with myself and guest Pice. Thanks for joining in, guys. Pice, thanks again for joining me. And we'll catch you in the episode next week.